Hello, welcome to another episode of the Gridcoin Fireside here on the Gridcoin Discord server. Today is October 23rd. You know what that means? Fern is in full swing. It's happened. We're up to 5.02. That's version Gridcoin 5.0.2. That means there's been two hot fixes or leisure updates since the mandatory Fern update. You can always catch the uh, freshest press of the Gridcoin client at gridcoin.us. Go ahead and get updated. Um, Leisure's meaning it's not pressing. It's not terribly important, but you should, probably should be up to date. Anyway, today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, marketing Gridcoin, the UX, the UI, uh, <laughs> and a little bit about this and that. Everyone is welcome to join us in the chat every Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, where you can tell me what to ramble about. Or, you know what, you can even ramble with me. We can ramble back and forth if you got a mic. It's a good time. Good time had by all. I have already been uh, ostracized, I don't know, uh, for liking pretzel sticks and not normal pretzels, but we're going to go with it. Uh, so I've been gone for two weeks. It is nice to be back in front of a desk instead of on a stump, although I do miss the woods. But guess what happened? Fern kicked in, as I already said. Uh, everyone seems to have validated their beacons, renewed and validated their beacons as they were told to do. Uh, if you have not yet done that and you are running, you know, you're, you're still running Gridcoin, you want to renew and validate your beacon because you, if you have not validated your beacon, you are not receiving grid coin uh, for your crunching. As soon as you validate your beacon, which is a simple, uh, the client will tell you a string of characters to change a username on a whitelisted project to, uh, and then you change that username, wait for the next super block, essentially like a day or two, and then you can change it back to whatever you want. As soon as you do that, you're back earning grid coin. This is a great security feature uh, that just, just adds security. What else can I say? So. Be sure to do that. But everything seems to be running smoothly. There were no client killing bugs. There were a couple here and there that did not come in testing, come out in testing, just because that's what happens. Uh, but they were squashed very quickly. So again, huge shout out to Jim and SciSci for both the Fern update itself and just being on top of everything and squashing bugs as they crop up. You guys would be, uh, maybe you wouldn't be, but I think you'd be amazed at how much time these guys put into this project. It is, uh, it's a lot. They're here for the science. They're doing a lot of stuff. SciSci is even helping put together the uh, Boink workshop, the virtual Boink workshop, which is still on. We got a good group of people putting it together. Uh, and it's uh, it's coming together. It looks pretty cool. Uh, we just had our second large meeting today, this morning. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty hyped about that, uh, so keep an ear to the ground. Feel free to reach out to me if you would like to help out. We have a good group of people who are really leading the charge, but we definitely need more help. More help is always welcome, uh, especially if you're a graphics designer. Uh, we are going to need help You know, creating badges, getting a color scheme going, uh, getting some uh, websites designed, getting a logo. Uh, it's a great portfolio builder if you are a graphics designer, to come out and put a couple hours here and there into the uh, Boink Virtual Workshop. And at the end of the day, you will have this in your portfolio. And you'll be able to go out to a potential employer and say, yeah, I helped with science. I designed some science. Hire me, mother. So 
<laughs> feel free to reach out if you want to help out, uh, particularly with graphics design or not graphics design. You know, we need people to help with everything. There is a lot to do. Part of what we're doing is finding um, all the Boink projects currently running and already completed, like not running. We're finding all the Boink teams, all the Boink communities, uh, all the scientists. We're finding everyone who we possibly can who's involved with Boink, uh, either directly or Boink adjacent. And we want to reach out to them to invite them to the conference, whether to present or to attend or whatever. There's a lot of people out there, man. This is a big network. So we're going to need more help uh, just sort of managing things and, and moderating chats as we get them up and going and whatnot. So again, feel free to reach out to me, Jay Ringo, on the Gridcoin Discord or the Boink Network Discord. Um, Sedzi, awesome. Sedzi says he's a web developer and knows a designer who could help. Uh, let's talk after this recording. And uh, are you on the Boink Network Discord server? Uh, all right, I'll send you an invite to that, and that's where a lot of the discussion uh, is taking, pl pl taking place. I'll also invite you to the Slack. Um, cool. So today, Gridcoin, moving into Gridcoin world, 502, team requirement removed. You can crunch, boink, and earn Gridcoin, regardless of what team you're on. That's pretty neat. Uh, oh, awesome, Conquest. We'll be in touch. Um, and it's also a great foundation uh, it's an outstanding foundation for what we want to do in the future. All that that great philosophical stuff I ramble on about, you know, changing the scientific system, bringing it into the digital future, which is coming whether you like it or not. The digital future is here, um, and and bringing it into a decentralized future, which might come, but I'm pretty sure it's coming. But it's definitely going to be digital, uh, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, sort of as like a poke to this stuff's happening. You know, the the Fed in the U.S. just I think it was the Fed or one of the Fed uh, chairs just came out and said, yeah, we're kind of looking into this cryptocurrency thing. This is probably the way we're going to have to go. Another one said, uh, hey, we kind of need a new Bretton Woods, which is what they the, the meeting where they redefined how currency works last time. And they're going to have to do it again because it's the only way to get rid of debt, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it's very likely that digital currencies or cryptocurrencies are going to be involved in any sort of new Bretton Woods type deal. Whether it's Bitcoin, which it is has, has a significant chance of being Bitcoin, or whether it's a basket of currencies involving fiat currencies and digital currencies yet has yet to be seen, or some other uh, central bank digital currency that comes up. Who knows? Um, it's called Bretton Woods. You can Google that. It was a meeting by a bunch of rich old white dudes who decided the future for like 75 years. So we're going to do that again. And the cool thing about cryptocurrency is we have Bretton Woods meetings every day through the discussions uh, that take place in what's called the commons, which is just where thousands of people hang out and are dedicated to a specific cause or a specific set of code and decide how to move forward constantly evolving process you don't have to set something in stone and wait for it to break to start the next thing you can constantly involve your stone <laughs> it's like you're etching it in play-doh or clay that never hardens and you just keep getting to reshape it based on the context of society and the world so that's why cryptocurrencies and open source protocols economic protocols are really really cool so all of that is fun in gridcoin but more practically, we had a question before the show about the UI UX of Boink slash Gridcoin and what that is looking like. Um, 
With Gridcoin specifically, well, for those who don't know, the UI UX stands for User Interface, User Experience, and it's how you interact with a piece of technology. Uh, so Windows is a, ooh, is it a UI? I'm probably going to get that wrong. Uh, it's definitely a user experience. Uh, so load up the client, click the beacon button, uh, go to the Boink uh, whitelisted project, change your username to what it tells you to, go back to the Boink client, wait for a super block, uh, go back to the Boink whitelisted project, change your username back. All of that is the user experience. The user interface is kind of the, the, the client itself, the buttons you click within the client. Uh, and as this person pointed out, neither Boink nor Gridcoin have the most user-friendly user experience or user interface. So we have been very aware of that on Gridcoin's end for a long time. Boink has been very aware of that on Boink's end for a long time. In fact, the entire workshop in Chicago, which was a year and a half ago now, geez, two years? Ah, pandemic time, right? Um, that, that Almost the entire workshop was about user uh, interface, user experience, about improving Boink's UI UX. And the problem with open source projects is you don't come across UI UX designers very often because they get hired by companies like Amazon and Google to design some really cool stuff uh, <laughs> because their, their work is very valuable. Uh, and it's it's more difficult to contribute to that end of an open source project than it is just to like have the code base in front of you and find some interesting part, some part of the code base you're interested in, go tweak it. It's much easier to do that with an open source project than it is to design an entire user experience, user interface, and then have someone implement it, right? Implementing your concept is a whole nother level. So for example, with Gridcoin, we have this, we have these user, we have these uh, design assets ready for a new client to be built that is just beautiful. It's streamlined, it looks great. Uh, it's very uh, explanatory. In fact, some of these assets were integrated into the Fern update by SciSci uh, Sci and Jim, neither of whom are uh, user or, or designers or <laughs> are work on uh, UI as far as I understand. But these assets have been sitting there for, I think two years at this point, maybe three, uh, just waiting for uh, a developer to come in and build the new client. Um, so, you can design all this stuff, but if no one codes the thing, it doesn't matter. So that is also a problem when it comes to open source projects. From Boink's perspective, it's just a huge, huge project. And they don't even have cryptocurrency economics behind it, driving it. With Gridcoin, people are kind of incentivized to improve the product over time uh, because if you hold Gridcoin, you want Gridcoin to do well because that makes your Gridcoin network grow and increases the value of your holdings. Uh, there is no such thing with Boink. So it could be said that Gridcoin found, cracked the code to volunteer distributed computing and how to make it a profitable growing industry. But that remains to be seen whether that's true or not. The problem with Boink is they don't have that. So they're really struggling to get a UI redesign. Uh, so if you can help with them, do it. Uh, if you can help with us, do it. Come on in. It's also a great portfolio builder. Portfolio builder. If you come into either Gridcoin or Boink, especially Boink, and you redesign their UI, holy crap! Boink is a very large, old project. That's you know, it could be more known, but it's fairly well known. Uh, so if you design their user interface, that's a big thing. That's a nice box to check. Um, but at the same time, there's. Uh, from a Gridcoin perspective here, people have discussed in the past the idea of just building um, 
a mer essentially merged Gridcoin Boink user experience into one client, which is entirely possible because Boink is open source. You can just build a new interface to interact with Boink uh, that also integrates Gridcoin's aspects. That's entirely possible. Uh, could be pretty neat. That would be an undertaking for sure. Uh, and there are pros and cons to it. So when it comes to redesigning the UI UX for Gridcoin Boink, for how you get Gridcoin for crunching, uh, there are really three things. One is making Boink more user-friendly. Uh, the other is making Gridcoin more user-friendly. And the third is combining the two into one interface. Those are three options. None of them are being worked on, really, because they're very hard. We have assets for Gridcoin. Boink doesn't have assets, um, and but everything is constantly improving, right? So that's that's how that works. Uh, the the what we can do without a designer and a developer to implement the design in terms of user experience is build a community that helps new users, and that's what we've done over the past several years. There's a great Gridcoin community, and it's been here really since the beginning because it was built out of the Boink community, um, largely. Uh, so being able to come onto Discord and ask questions and get them answered, that's part of the user experience. Uh, you know, you could think of that as having like a help chat in the actual client, but we don't have that. That's ridiculous. Uh, so uh, we have done that to improve the user experience. We've built these chats where people can come and ask questions and listen to me ramble about random, random stuff now and again. Uh, every Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server. <laughs> That's part of the user experience. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've um, oh, I forgot the word, but we've broken into Slack and Discord. So Slack is for development. Discord is for community as part of the user experience. Direct, Koshi says that direct access to developers is a great UX. Absolutely. Open source, that's just built into open source. Um, being able to access on GitHub, access and talk to developers right on GitHub, right here on Discord, is wonderful. Um, I think Terminate is trolling because he's totally been here before. No, he hasn't. You're there. You're on the point. Oh, point Discord. Um, what else can we do right now? I mean, indirectly, we can grow the Gridcoin network. Is that what that will do? And and in a proper way, in a respectful way, with uh, Accurate, transparent messaging. Uh, if we grow the network with those aspects in mind, then we have a good chance of getting more people who are capable of building a better UX UI, uh, both on the design side and the uh, code side. So that is not directly making a better UX UI, but if you spread the Gridcoin gospel and the Boink gospel, who knows what you're going to dig up. More and more young folks are jumping straight into open source, um, the open source realm. I remember the first university to offer FOSS classes, and uh, they still do it. They do FOSS conferences and everything. They're very fun. But the I'm pretty sure FOSS is now a basic aspect of education in the um, at least software engineering world. And uh, last I checked, they're trying to break everything into the FOSS world because FOSS is a good way for building things it makes sense uh proprietary it's not great right it kind of held us back for 30 years uh it did some good stuff too but that good stuff would have already happened would have happened anyway with foss anyway without going on a tangent 
Correct. That's FOSS, F-O-S-S, free and open source software, not floss. Although you should floss at least once a day, twice a day, if you know you really want to be on top of your shit. But you should also FOSS at least once a day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's really all I can ramble about when it comes to UX UI. Um, it's necessary. Uh, and we need help. Come in and help us. We got a great project here. We need your help, man. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, Fern is awesome. It's running smoothly. Uh, we're I'm looking forward to keeping track of the stats as we move forward into this non-team require non-team requirement. Yes, this non-team requirement world and seeing how many people from Boink come over. From a marketing perspective with Gurcoin, what we want to do now is really build the user base. So we want to go to Boink users uh, and remind them that they can now get GRC no matter what team they're on. That's great. Uh, we want to be very respectful when we do that. And we want to be able to accept get the f- out of my face as a response and not reply to that. <laughs> like, don't get in fights over this. It's not worth it. But you know, a lot of people probably did not get involved with Gridcoin in the first place because they didn't like the team poaching aspect of it. They didn't like that they would have to leave their team and all this stuff. And that's that's fine. And it's not like they didn't like Gridcoin or the concept of it. But now they uh, they might still not like it or not. They might be completely neutral to it. But now, why not, right? Now they need to know, they need to be made aware that they don't need to leave their team. There's no team poaching going on. They're, they're welcome to come join or not. Uh, again, be open to accepting no, get out of my face, you slob, as an answer. Um, but yeah, so that's one user base we can grow. Uh, another user base we can continue to grow is the crypto user base. More and more people are coming into cryptocurrency because, again, you know, you have PayPal jumping in. You have the Federal Reserve saying, hey, cryptocurrency, not that bad, eh? You have companies left and right saying, um, well, we don't trust fiat currencies. We're going to put at least 10% of our treasury reserves into Bitcoin because U.S. dollars are going to be inflated into nothing over the coming five to 10 years. Uh, and we're going to jump in now. Uh, you have several companies putting way more than 10% of their uh, currency reserves into Bitcoin. So that the reason I'm saying this is the crypto community is growing at an astronomical rate. If you are part of other crypto communities, for example, I help out with Library, uh, which is a great protocol that it deals with a lot of uh, the aspects that Gridcoin, I hope one day, will deal with. Uh, I bring Gridcoin to their attention, just like I'm bringing Library to your attention right now. Library is also a, a content hosting platform, and it's like a YouTube competitor. It's pretty neat. Um, but if you're part of another crypto community, talk about Gridcoin a little bit. Uh, most people love science. Get him over here. Uh, Zafida, right here, was just at the Library podcast with me. And now he's here. Don't you, dare, don't you dare start talking about the old mother who swallowed a fly again. Uh, <laughs> so that's another community and another one is just friends and family. Boink is bringing people into Boink, right? We want to bring Boink users into Gridcoin. We want to bring crypto users into Gridcoin and Boink. And we want to bring just grandma into Boink. This has to do a little bit with the UX UI. You know, if it was a simpler process, it would be easier to bring grandma in. My grandma's like 98 years old. There's no way in hell she's setting up Boink. But uh, maybe some younger grandmas might be able to. Uh, So... Bring more people into Boink, and through that, don't even you don't need to mention Gridcoin to them because most people are still turned off by crypto. Who knows why? 
it makes sense why, but you know, they should open their minds a little bit. Uh, but if you bring them into Boink, eventually they'll stumble on Gridcoin. And at the end of the day, if they don't, they're still doing cool science. So uh, those are the three audiences we should be bringing in to build a user base. With a larger user base, we're going to be able to do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I know I would be much more inspired, and I'm getting the, the success of Fern is inspiring me more and more to really start driving home the idea of actually building a nonprofit. Uh, which is something uh, Jim and I have talked about many times before, and it's just never happened because, frankly, it didn't feel right. Now, you know, with Fern, and particularly if we get a larger user base, if what we think Fern will do happens, it makes a lot of sense to commit a lot of time and energy and uh, resources to this project. Uh, We could also get on more exchanges and get in more places because we would have a larger community, larger user base, better stats, better blah, 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 right? All that fun stuff. So... Moral of the story so far this episode, if you are a UX UI designer builder, come on in, help us out. If you are not, spread the word. We got a great protocol now, great freaking protocol, a great concept that survived a not so great protocol for a long time because it's a really good idea that may crack the code into how to build volunteer-based distributed computing by integrating volunteer with the concept of protocol open source protocol defined <laughs> economics, uh, open economic networks. Um, Sedzi says that we should also optimize the way to set up wallets, boink, etc. It's too cloggy. Absolutely, that's part of the UX UI. Uh, it's just, it's difficult to do. Uh, we've done the best we can. We being Sai and uh, Jim doing the best they can after putting together basically the back end. Um, so I think that's that's basically it. I'm going to take a sip of water here if anyone has any other thoughts. Do you happen to know, um, I don't really, I've been out of this community for a while, so I'm not really in tune with everything going on. Do you know how much Boink developers actually support our project? Um, I know there are some that are oblivious. There are some who are neutral, and there are some who are positive. I don't think there are any who are outright negative. Okay. So I was wondering if it might be possible at some point in the future to actually develop like a combined installer that you could run both Gridcoin and Boink from. <clears throat> yeah, I think that would be if amazing. Just set it up once, and it you know it does the email connection and everything for you in the uh, config automatically. Mm-hmm. I think that's a massive undertaking, but I think it would be wonderful. I think we need to continue uh, building the relationship that we've been building with Boink. Um, and see what comes of it. Uh, I don't know if you if you just jumped in, but the beginning of this episode, I said there were three aspects of the UX UI that could uh, be worked on. One is making Boink itself more user-friendly. Uh, another is making Gridcoin itself more user-friendly. And the third is building what you described, a single combining Boink and Gridcoin into one UI. Uh, so we'll see what comes of it. Uh, I'm going to do it. You're gonna someone better talk me out of it because I really want to do make one UI. It's been on my mind a long time. Yeah, mine too. The UI UX merging Boink and Gridcoin into. I mean, fucking do it, man. <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna talk you out of it. <laughs> it's all about streamlining. Yeah, there's a cheap way to do it that might not be that hard. I think that Boink already offers enough control from the outside. You could probably play games with 
chained installer exactly. do some other i don't know if it's as hard as everyone thinks it's thinking through the tools that are already on the table cool. i mean as far as the as far as the chained installer goes boink already has one that installs virtualbox alongside the boink client <clears throat> you really wouldn't need much more than that i mean obviously it'd be nicer to have a script or something that sets it all up for you but just being able to install it in one package would be an improvement. And the Boink, the Boink, the Boink uh, client actually offers ex you, it has a control API, so you, you can you can you can uh, you can export effectively to another program. The whole idea of signing up for projects doesn't doesn't have to be done through the Boink manager front end, right? Right, right. Of course. Yeah, if you guys do that, you get double the foundation holding. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean the the wizard that SciSci did this this. For uh, Fern is a step in the right direction because it, you know, before trying to set up Gridcoin was an exercise, and you know, you had to have the patience of a saint to get it set up. Right, you're starting from scratch. It's it's a lot better, but it's still not for the faint-hearted. You know, if you, we still get lots and lots of questions uh, about how do I set up Boink, and you know, what what you know, what's this thing about CPIDs, and you know. The, the, the problem that we're going to have with doing this is that there are some issues with Boink that are just not a, even going to get solved by this combined UIU. There are just some unfortunate aspects of the way the Boink architecture grew up. That's going to be difficult to get. But the, uh, in particular, this, in you know, we've had a number of, you know, I've seen a number of problems lately come across with split CPID issues, right, which is really the, the bane of... Uh, really where a lot of problems start to get people really frustrated. It's one of the most annoying things. It is. And you know, it's the problem. The problem is when you're running a, if you're, if you're running a, remember Boink is decentralized, truly decentralized, right? There is no central server that, re, you know, the, the stat sites make people think it's centralized because they're grouping all the, uh, they're grouping it all together, right? By CPID. But in reality, in reality, there is no master database. Each project has their own database. There is a clever way that the, uh, I shouldn't use the word clever, there's an algorithm that, that is used to converge on a cross-project identifier, CPID, based on your participation in multiple projects, computers, right? But that, because it's decentralized, it makes the picking of that very, it's a, it's a cumbersome algorithm that's a pain in the butt, and it doesn't always work the way people want it. And so you end up with these crazy split split CPID situations that sometimes are just really hard for people to solve. And it, um, speaking as a complete idiot, um, couldn't you just uh, do uh, blockchain magic instead of CPIDs? Give someone a private key that they use to sign up with each Boink account, each Boink project, well, and that's so, how you associate between so them? We've actually already, some of the code in Infern already heads in that direction. There's SciSci already separated out the concept of a mining ID from the CPID. So there's there's actually a piece of that that's already done. Eventually, the goal, the, the idea would be that it, the your ID for purposes of, my, of crunching on Gridcoin would not necessarily be tied to a single CPID. Uh, but it's not, it's not really fully baked right now. It's tied one-to-one. -one. But, you know... If, if you recall, that was one of my original visions was to be able to, to use a, uh, a, a unique identifier that's independent from the, the identifiers that are used in Boink. But of course, you have to, you, you know, you still have to chain them together with a, with a chain of trust, right? So you have to. Learn. So one of the challenges that you get into is if you choose a unique identifier that's issued by Gridcoin, 
say it's a you know it's a, a private public key combination which is your beacon itself would be a good one but you know here's the issue is you have to you have to then establish a chain of trust between that and each CPID that exists on the Boink side, right? And that, and so that gets that gets pretty cumbersome, right? You can imagine if someone wanted to have five CPIDs, you'd have to do this, you know, this verification step. You'd have to do it five times. Pretty ugly. Do you do you even need CPIDs though? You would unless you get Boink to change. You can't crunch a Boink project without a CPID. No, not okay. really. You either have that or you have the actual account keys, which no one's going to want to. I don't think the weak account key is good enough, and I don't think no one's going to want to put their strong account key in the open for obvious reasons, right? You know, so I don't know if you have any comments on this, but it's, the, the part of it is we're, we're dealing with the constraints of, on Boink right now. Boink. Yeah, the way the way that grid coins sync means we need something to tie and without a change on the Boink, some link and interface. Yep, that's the trouble. And it has to be public, right? It can't be. It can't be a private secret because it's exposed in the stats. It has to be yeah, some sort, some sort of a public key concept, right? We could we could do something. We're already can acquire someone chain forever. I think that I don't think people would like that very much. I wouldn't like that very much. It's harder to set up the whole thing. It already as far as authentication kind of. Yep. Noted. I think uh, Terminate says says it well here. It seems like we should just focus on growth first, then. And I do not disagree. I think uh, let these geniuses let bake that thing, bake that idea. Um, and since they just gave us Fern, this great release that we can go out and use to grow, let's go do that. And who knows, maybe someone's going to come in, just some random Joe with an idea, ask the right question, makes the right person think of the right answer, and we get it done. Well, so I, so I, have an, I have an idea that we might want to propose for the Boink developers. Why don't we just have them add a, uh, a, a user reference field to the user profile that the user can change to whatever they want, which if for the for Gridcoin purposes, you'd put, you'd put a permanent verification code, which is effectively a, a form of a public key, right, in, in there and leave it. And then that, that doesn't use up their username. That, that was proposed in the past. In fact, I think CMs and other community members' original proposal was that, right? Something with adding different kind of... Why can't we just base it off of email address? Because we, the Gridcoin network doesn't have any... That's okay. right. You have to see that... See, see, let, let's go... Let, and, and you know what? It's probably a good time to talk about why we're requiring this verification, right? So that everyone knows that if you've been dealing with uh, with us through the uh, with Gridcoin through the through the hard fork we just had, you know you had to go and re-verify your beacon. And the, and the whole idea around that is that um, we're providing you a verification code. And by the way, the verification code is nothing more than the public key of your beacon uh, written a slightly different way. Effectively, it's written in base straight base fifty eight. The reason we had to do that, is, uh, I'll give you let you guys in on a little uh, trivia. It turns out in our testing world, Community Grid is limiting their usernames to 30 characters. So we had to figure out a way to make sure that public key would always fit within 30 characters. And the only way you could do it instead of using hex encoding was to base 58 encode it. So that's why the verification code looks a lot like an address. It's not really an address because it's missing some other things close. But you take that verification code, the, the chain of trust is established when we give you when we issue the verification code, which is coming from the wallet holder's key that corresponds to the beacon. When you take that verification code, the, the, the trust linkage is established when someone logs into their Boink account, right? Which they have to have the login. 
they log into their Boink account and they change their nickname to that code. And then that, when that code is broadcast out through the stats and the scrapers pick it back up and match it, that proves that that person owns that account because they had to log in to change that nickname and they're the only ones that can change it. Does everyone follow me? That's the chain of trust. And so at that point, the email becomes irrelevant, right? Email, the email is only used on the, on the Gridcoin side to actually regenerate the CPID to do a matching check on the CPID, but it's not used for the purpose of establishing. And, and by the way, that was the weakness in the old beacon structure was exactly that. So we, we, you know, this verification code was critical in removing the team requirement. We had to increase the chain of, you know, the trust factor on beacon ownership uh, to be able to remove the team. Does that make sense to everybody? Speaking for everybody, yes, yes, it does. I know it's been a bit of a hassle, but you know, uh, most people have gotten through it um, pretty well. I didn't take a look at the statistics, but I think we're, we were almost, we were at over 600 beacons verified, so. There are currently 1,500 active beacons. We're down to 47. Did you say 1,500? 1,500? Yep. Were like Weren't there like 600 and some odd, like four days ago? Yeah, I think there are. Yeah, that's how many have magnitude. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because a lot, a lot of beacons have zero magnitude for one reason. You're just not, you're just not doing any crunching. Sadzi's um, wondering about the idea of a more web-based wallet or a web-based boink, essentially. Well, so, so the web-based boink is, that's an interesting idea. I'm, I'm not so sure that's, that's not much different than what Science United is trying to do. Um, I think that uh, that's possible. You could do part of it on a web-based system. I don't think we want a web-based wallet for a lot of different reasons. You know, one of the things about this, and by the way, I'm not opposed to thin wallets and stuff like that, but the issue is that um, unless you get into fancy stuff like delegated staking and remote wallet stuff like that, you're, you, you know, our network security depends upon people actually participating in the network for real, right? We need we need nodes that are real nodes that are actually engaging in the consensus of the network. And uh, so, you know, we, we've got to have people actually participating with real wallets. Um, so I think there is a role for thin wallets and web-based wallets and so on and so forth, but it's got to be at the periphery of the network. It can't be, we don't want to get to a place where there's only a few people running core nodes and then everybody else is running light wallets because that, that's not really healthy for the network. Does everyone follow me on that? I think that's a very dangerous yeah to to just stress that or someone told me not to use stress earlier today to emphasize that really quick um we're still a blockchain we can talk about making boink better we can talk about integrating gridcoin with boink in terms of user experience user interface but without the blockchain which requires as jim was saying people to stay online on the network with a significant amount of balance spread across many different users uh, without that happening, we can't exist. So we, what we need, the goal from the blockchain perspective, we all know the goal from the, the crunching perspective, get as many people working on uh, Boink projects as possible and figure out economics to handle a huge load of people. From the blockchain perspective, we want as much balance, a uh, number of GRCs as possible spread across as many people as possible. So the more people, a higher balance is spread across, the more secure the network. The more, if there's a lot of balance with like two people on the network, that's not a secure network. So that's just emphasizing what Jim is saying. 
The other thing I like about having a combined UIX, UX that does it locally on the person's computer versus a website is that if we do website to do central sign-up, it creates another exposure point from a security perspective, right? Then you're, the website's capturing people's usernames. It's doing all sorts of things that could then be another exposure point uh, for us that I'd rather avoid. You know, I'd rather keep it local, you know, to someone's wallet so that, it, you know, the private information that they're dealing with is really limited to their computer. It seems to me trying to set up our own sort of front-end site to do central bank administration is just creating a headache. Uh, yeah, and I think if if we focus on our own magic, on our own, making our own sauce the best sauce it can be, what might happen is you'll have other people come in, other entities, other organizations come in and build on top of it and yeah. build centralized services for people who really don't want to play with that back end. But from our, from like the core Gridcoin perspective, our focus really needs to be on the core Gridcoin network. Yep. What I would really like to have done, and this is sort of where we were going with the, uh, with the, uh, G the new GUI bounty is that, what SciSci want, uh, want is to actually redo the uh, interface to the core wallet so that it can have different front ends plug into it and actually run, right? The, 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 there really is no true interface that's going on between the core system and the, and the GUI right now. It's a tangled mess. And as a result, it's, you, it's, the, the RPC commands are not good enough to really do a, a, a proper wallet that's separated out from the core. And so you're stuck with running, you know, a, a, uh, if you're running a command line, you know, daemon is the core. It, you, you, you really don't have, you can't use a GUI on, on front of it. Or you have to run the full GUI wallet with the core integrated. And then you can use, you know, you can talk to that with another uh, command line instance elsewhere, but not the converse. We want to get the course API set up better so that people could write different front ends to that, to that uh, core which would be great. And then, you know, we're only the, I think the original conception on the, on the bounty is we're only going to officially support one front end, but there could be others, right? And that's headed in sort of in more of in the direction of uh, some of the other networks that have had different front ends written to, to, to the headless wallet. Right? So I think, I think that's really where, what we had in mind um, in terms of being able to separate those two things out. Yep. It's about building the, uh, the tools and a solid backend for people to come in and build additional tools on top of that. And exactly. that's how you build the network effect. And it's yeah. just like if they want to write a web-based front end that, that talks to core wallet somewhere, then they can do it, right? If they solve all the security problems, right? And that, that would be interesting, right? And yeah. that's just not something we're gonna do as part of the core team, but that's something once you get the layers straight, then somebody else can go 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 run off and do something. Yeah, it opens the door to so much more experimentation. Yeah, playing sandboxing. So that's one of the critical things that you know, SciSci and I are going to look at very carefully. With you know, if someone actually jumps on that bounty, we're going to be looking very carefully at how they're architecting the GUI rewrite to make sure that it's the layers are separated out so that we can achieve that objective. So it's uh, that's an important component that we're looking for as part of uh, the GUI. So there's no point in rewriting the GUI and then ending up with the same tangled mess with the GUI that we have today, right? So very important. Mm -hmm. Terminet, I think we've already talked about this, but he's asking, can we, can quote, we make our own Boink client with wallet included? I have no plan, but is there any possibility or talk with Boink developers? Um, 
we have talked about Jim was just talking about this a little bit. Like that's what the end goal is. And apparently, I, I mean, I thought it was very difficult, uh, but apparently there's some ideas on how to do it. And Saisa is going to do it unless someone talks him out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you better be careful. He's assigned two projects to himself already. He's got, he's also, <laughs> he also wants to do the adapter to a folding at home, which also is not, that's not, by the way, Fern is a hell of a lot larger than adapter was talking about. That'd be another neat thing. Yep. Folding at home, uh, connecting to folding at home would be pretty neat in terms of priorities, doing that first, because it would open us up to a huge audience that would uh, probably be interested in what we're building and interested in helping out. Yeah, I think, uh, let's look at Sedzi's list. I, I think the I think the uh, folding at home adapter comes ahead of the, or independent of the GUI piece. So I would, you know, I think, I think that's a nice short-term thing that we we could do that would i think would would open us up right so i, I yeah, but you, you guys are still on vacation from fern though so yeah well, <laughs> don't worry about it we're not on vacation yeah we, we're still in the support mode for it <laughs> we got it and then we got that bug we got to release another mandatory on so that's once we get through that well it's settling down i mean it's you know with I'm pretty pleased with the way the transition's gone. I mean, we've had, you know, considering the amount of code changes and just the sheer magnitude of what we did, the fact that we it, it came it's come off as well as it has is I, I, I'm very pleased. You know, the rock the blockchain stability has been rock solid. You know, we've had uh, really for something of this magnitude very few issues, right? So I mean, it's a uh, feel good about that. So I, you know, we're gonna. Um, just to let everyone know what's happening with a with that, we we've got a uh, uh, we're actually doing a mandatory on testnet that's going to occur, I think, probably on Saturday, based on the blocks on testnet, and that's to fix this one bug related to new CPIDs that SciSize talked about, and then probably two or three weeks later, we're gonna we're gonna have another mandatory on the main to get that in, and then that should be it for a while on mandatory. You know, then the rest of it's just going to be doing stuff like the folding at home adapter, making, you know, tweaks to the UI, doing odds and ends, you know, trying to clean up some of the other issues. And then Jay Ringo, we really, quite frankly, as a community need to start really thinking about updating that, uh, the uh, roadmap, right? It's, it's it's gotten a little bit uh, stale on us. So yep, uh, I, I think, think it's time for a 2021 roadmap. Yeah, I think it is. You know, so uh, we've already come up with some some good ones to think about putting on there. So, uh, just yeah, so far in my head, just off the top, uh, and we'll start wrapping up a little bit here, but the, uh, folding at home adapter MRC is pretty up there. Yep. Um, I mean, trying to figure out the UI stuff, but, uh, and then it's, it's a lot of marketing. Yep. Uh, if anyone listening to this wants to hear, uh, me and Jim talk more about this, go listen to an earlier episode. I forget which one. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll have more discussions about this as we start putting out drafts of the roadmap, probably. By the way, does anyone know more details? I haven't been able had time even time to follow it this week. Does anyone more know, know more details about the PayPal thing? Uh, so PayPal, from my understanding, uh, and this is probably as much as you know too, um, is allowing people to buy cryptocurrency from their wallet uh, from their on PayPal. They can't transfer it, but they can buy and hold. You can't. I don't think you can use it to buy stuff yet. Oh, see, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that's very much in the uh, forefront of their mind. Uh, but I, I'm sure there's legal regulations and and all this nonsense that they're working towards. And 
whatnot. But this is there was a nice discussion on this in the chat, and we'll wrap up on this this thought for folks. Uh, so in, in the past, we've had a lot of discussions about marketing, and I guess next week we'll maybe highlight how to market Gridcoin moving forward. Uh, but a lot of the discussions have revolved around: Do we want to spend time reaching out to vendors to get them to accept GRC? Or do we want to go down other avenues? Because we're working with limited resources here. Unless like 500 people come in and decide to start helping with marketing, uh, we have limited resources. Uh, And my argument has always been, we don't need to build the user interface. We need to build true utility for the coin. We need to build ways for people to interact with the blockchain. And by doing so, they must use GRC, just like a transaction fee. We need to expand transaction fee utility. Um, and I argue that because, uh, I think that larger entities like PayPal, like Bitcoin, like people who work on Bitcoin are going to figure out and develop the tools needed to implement a multi-currency economy, multi-currency economy, which is one where the vendor, the vendor chooses to accept one currency, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Gridcoin, and the seller or the customer, the consumer chooses to buy uh, chooses to purchase with an entirely different currency or maybe the same currency, any currency they choose, but the customer is choosing and the vendor is choosing and they're choosing independently of one another. And what the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the transaction takes place through a trust mechanism, which would automatically trans translate from one currency to another because currency is a protocol protocols language. And that that's all you're doing. Is translating one currency to another, and that trust mechanism might be centralized, like PayPal might do it for you. You purchase bread with Gridcoin, and the bre- and the baker wants Bitcoin. So what PayPal does is sells your GRC into Bitcoin, gives the Bitcoin to the vendor, takes a little bit of a fee. Uh, so that's one way. It could also end up being decentralized, which you know it starts centralized, becomes decentralized over time. So if that's the case, then we don't really need to spend time asking people to accept Gridcoin because they'll be able to accept it if they want. What we want to do is build a thing that at the end of the day, the vendor says to the trust mechanism, I want Gridcoin because I like what that network represents. One of the most important aspects of a network like ours, an economic network, a social network, is the values instilled into that network. Bitcoin took off because of its values, decentralized, anonymous, even though it's not entirely anonymous, that was what it was sold as, uh, and freedom, choice. You know, all these things the great people were saying back in 2011 to 12. Uh, Gridcoin needs to build its own set of values, scientific research, uh, funding, um, all these things. We need to build them so that someone says, I want to use that currency. And then in the background, there also need to be ways to interact with the blockchain that require GRC, like transaction fee. So as we, so if PayPal actually did do what Jim was hoping they did and what I think everyone hopes they did, <laughs> they didn't do, which is build that trusted trust mechanism that translates immediately between currencies, that would be huge for cryptocurrency. Uh, I think that's where they're going. And quite frankly, we should just let them go ahead and do it. Because then if we just have one integration point to do, it solves a lot of problems for us, right? We don't have to do, I don't want to do 15 million of them. That's your whole point. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and and on top of that, we don't we don't need to do the 15 million. We don't even need to do the one. We don't need to go to, to Sci-Hub and say, here, accept Gridcoin. Right. 
we can just let them accept Gridcoin and and we can build Gridcoin into a cool thing. Well, there's just one touch point that we they'd have to figure out a way to synchronize with us. But then once that's done, then they can it it's just it just becomes like water, right? We don't have to worry about it. Exactly, like water. Who's that? That's Bruce Lee. Become like water. Yeah. Uh, uh, a direct use of GRC to vendor merchant. They probably need a uh, convert directly to BTC. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's what Jeringo was saying, right? So yeah, you, and yeah, that is. And at the end of the day, it maybe they don't. Maybe other so many people accept Gridcoin at the end of the day because we we provide so much true like fuzzy value feelings. You know, the values of our network are so aligned with society at one point in time that everyone wants to accept Gridcoin. That could possibly happen, maybe, right? But that's that's how these networks are going to evolve. Uh, you can take my word for it, or you can read people way smarter than me in the space, really advocating principles, develop principles uh, behind a cryptocurrency network. Or you could think I'm wrong and we'll see what happens. But the is I am of a... a uh, I very much believe that principles and values are going to define which cryptocurrency survives and fails. Because at this point, most networks that are going to at least get to the next stage have developed solid code bases like Gridcoin. Uh, and, and they're doing well and in, in terms of an actual foundation on which to stand. And the next phase is develop transactional utility and value sets. On that note, join us next week when we figure out together how to market gridcoin um we're gonna try at least <laughs> fridays 3 30 p.m here on the uh, gridcoin uh discord server also uh people who did mention that they want to help with the boink workshop i'll reach out to you guys if anyone else wants to help feel free to let me know uh we specifically need graphic designers uh but also any help would be welcome great week everyone thanks